So for this episode, we're going to try something new, uh, something fun. It's a Sunday afternoon, late summer. Uh, Randy Larson, my buddy from Cable, is uh, in town, and we're just going to like listen, basically just listen to records and talk. But the cool thing for you is that though this episode is going to be sort of conversational with some music in the background, I'm going to post as a companion to this episode all the tracks without our shit talking over the top of it. So if there's anything that anyone here is interested in, uh, it'll be up on the Mixcloud account. And, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be links and everything for you to check out on um, the Everything Went Black Media site or on Facebook. So, um, you know, we're just going to get into it now. Uh, so I'm just going to start rolling the playlist. And uh, first thing we got is Blow By by Hammerhead. You ever check these guys out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm not, like, well-versed, but everything I've ever heard in life, sure. I'm a sucker for most of that hammer stuff. There's that documentary that came out. Check that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good, man. It's funny, like back when I lived in Boston, um, you know, I was that's that was probably the height of me being into the amphetamine reptile catalog, and uh, I always thought these bands were way bigger than they were. Like for example, like when Hammerhead played, it was Hammerhead and Chokebore, and um, there was like 30 people there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I think they did a good job with kind of uh, getting an image out there that these bands. Bigger than they were. Yeah, yeah. Everything was very striking about Academy Reptile. The name, the logo, dope guns and fucking in the street. Yeah, it's kind of like you can't be avoided that you're gonna pay attention to it, but tons of people didn't pay attention to it. You know? um, yeah. Well, what I seen today is today on the Willpower Tour. That, I mean, it was a well-attended show. I think Dead Guy might have played that show too, and they were kind of. Yeah. That was the sort of hype when they were on Victory, like right before the record came out, yeah. with the seven inches that stuff. So they're you know playing a lot. So I think people were there maybe see them too, obviously. But yeah, I uh, I'm trying to see. I never seen Helmet until they were on a major label. Uh, I want to say that I probably didn't see Helmet until they were on a major either. Definitely, Meantime was out. Yeah. But Helmet is like another one of those bands I've seen like I don't know like ten times probably. Really. Yeah, I've seen twice. But I, I I stopped paying attention to them after Betty came out. Um, Good move. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's not not really my thing. I've seen them on the Aftertaste tour. Yeah. Just the record after Betty. Not good. You uh you're like a gun club who checked together. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. I almost put a gun club song. Really. Yeah. Uh, well, Flesh Eaters was my closest thing I came to the gun club. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've gotten more into the gun club as I've gotten older. I wasn't, like, into them when I was younger. Um, I was into them uh, when I was in high school. Really? I remember reading about... Well, when I was a kid, back in the 80s, uh, yeah, I was, like, really into bands like X and The Cramps. Sure. And I still like all those bands, but, like, Trash America style. Yeah, man. One cool thing in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, I love that place. I miss it. Yeah, Trash American Style is a record store in Danbury that, um, and I grew up not too far from there. And uh, dude had like 
every single record you could really want or stuff that you didn't know about but like you needed that he told you what that was so yeah that's how i discovered gun club but uh mainly because i was reading about it like uh with rollins's uh, journal entries and stuff and it's uh whoops okay you mentioned how much you like gun club and i thought it was a cool name so i saw this record actually las vegas story and uh the bin so um i checked it out and uh Something that fit right into what I was into at the time, really. You know, over the years, it's like held up totally. I think it came to a lot of stuff earlier than I did, like Gun Club, X, The Cramps. I love all that stuff, but I kind of I knew who those bands were, but I didn't check them out until later. Death in June's another one. Oh yeah, I didn't get into them until like later on, though. But yeah, yeah, but didn't you go? To this? I saw them in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't get into them until like the two thousands. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of came late to a lot of the, I guess, non-hardcore, non-metal stuff. I kind of came to a little later. When I lived in Boston, I had I had this roommate um, who was uh, had some questionable politics, some questionable views about you know politics. But you know, he was a good guy, man. It's like you know, he had a lot of other complications in his life. And that didn't help, you know, being associated with a certain type of person, you know. But um, he had impeccable taste in music, man. He was like, you know, like the best stuff, like Big Black and the right, you know, Swans. And um, he turned me out to get the June, actually. Cool. And that show was, like, weird because it was at this place called Man Ray. I went to, yeah, I mean, yeah. a few shows at Man Ray, hard, more hardcore shows. Yeah, but. and non was the uh, headliner. So it was Non and Death in June, which oh. is Boyd Rice. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. I can't imagine there'd be people there with questionable love. Yeah, yeah. So it was, all, <laughs> but it was weird because it wasn't like people I'd seen at like hardcore shows or punk shows. It was like these weird, like older guys with like trench coats and stuff. And, and then there were straight up like skins there. Right, like real skin. Skin that, that you never saw like when it got some fun player. Right, right. What in the man ray was like was it like a bondage or, it was a goth club bar goth dance club and they probably had like bondage nights or whatever yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. funny because they see like burn and like super touched and stuff like that yeah they had mad days there yeah, yeah, yeah. I never went to I don't think I ever went to a show there at night but that would make sense because I probably wouldn't yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you ever check these guys out who is this Black Angels no dude I, first, um, they're from, are they from Texas? I think so, yeah. I don't know much about them as, a, like, the personnel or the, all the details about the band, but, like, they were in the uh, True Detective soundtrack for the first season. Okay. And I thought it was Neil Young. This dude sounds like Neil Young. Right? I kind of hear that now, yeah. Yeah, it's like the fuzzy guitars. And then uh, Evan, our, uh, our guitar player in Tombs, told me about how I should check them out. And it's like, yeah, they're like real dark, like all their like bluesy, dark stuff, but like the songs are all about like Vietnam and war, dying and shit. I feel like I, I've known the name, seen the name, but did they do something like last year with Rocky Erickson? Could very well have happened. And maybe they just opened some Texas shit, because I know he's from Texas, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Black Angels and the Rocky Erickson thing, I'm feeling like I, I'm making that connection. I could see that. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. That yeah, sounds pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I'll have to dig into this a little more. I only have one album by them. But, uh, it's like trippy and like psychedelic and, like, you know, it's about some fucking dying and war. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I mean, it has sort of a gun plug. Yeah, vibe going on too. It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like I've heard that movie before, for sure. Did you ever get into it? Exactly. Yeah. I liked uh, the first season. Uh, well, I liked the first season. I, I was pretty disappointed at the end of the first season. I thought it was a little kind of phoned in the ending. Of the I just feel like they were opening all these cool doors. Yeah. And they really could have taken it further and just sort of ended um, second season, I, I couldn't stick with it as much. Yeah. Did you? I watched the second season. A lot of people dropped off because they didn't like it. That's what I did, kind of. Yeah. But I, um, I didn't, you know, I stuck it out. It wasn't nearly as good as the first season, but like, yeah, that's how I felt. But, you know, whatever, man. Apparently there's going to be a third. And it's going to be, once again, a different, yeah, different actors, different. different story. But apparently, uh, Nick, Nick Pizzolatto, the dude that wrote the, the author, screenwriter, right. He did not have as much uh, control in the second in the second season than he did in the first season, so they're gonna give him back like more creative control. So, but they take it away. Well, I just think it came to be like one of these deals where it's like, all right, great, yeah, you did this on your own, we're gonna get some people to help you. Oh, this was successful. Right? Well, was, now it's gonna be it up for you. Yeah. <laughs> like it, fucking Johnny's gonna help you out with production. Or whatever. <laughs> shitty ideas got in the way. Um, trying to think of the, the last show. Uh, how about Stranger Things? Love it. Me too. Yeah, so good. You know what's funny? I think a lot of people are like really getting off on finding ways to shit on that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Because sense. that's what people do. Yeah. I, 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 I'm really picky about TV shows and what I'll like, dedicate my time to watch, but uh, I love that. I thought it was great. I thought, a lot of people are like killing it because like the musical. Reference. I mean, what would you rather have? Like shitty music? You know, um, what Rob Zombie? Yeah. I don't know. Rob Zombie. What, is, what problem do people have with the music? I, I don't know. I just read like a lot of little things here and there. And people say like, you know, the musical choices were too obvious or played, played too much of a role in the show. Like it's too focused on the music. I don't think so. I don't either. I mean, I'd rather hear, you know, The Clash and Joy Division than most shit. I mean, it's, the kid was like with the music it's like a 16 year old kid right so of course uh, Combat Rock you know that record yeah sure. big record um, you know the Corey Hart I wear my sunglasses at night you know that was in one of the episodes right that was a popular song man absolutely you know kind of a funny song I wear my sunglasses <laughs> at night but you know I don't know. I, I thought it was great. I thought the story was cool. I thought it was enough, like, nostalgia and enough, like, cool, like, tripped-out ideas. Like, yeah. You know, too. anything that has to do with, like, the multiverse and, like, weird dimensions. That's, like, stuff I, like, fucking check in with. And I love all that stuff. I thought the uh, choice of characters was solid. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought the, uh, the cop, you know. Oh, yeah. Drug riddle the cop. It's fucking awesome. His name escapes me. Yeah, I forgot his name, too. Um, but, you know, Winona Ryder, the kind of rundown. Yeah. And she's like a quintessential, like, 80s actress, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I thought it was cool, maybe because I'm a, guilty of being uh, sympathetic for the 80s. Yeah. But 
What's this? This is a guy named uh, Paul Chain. Oh yeah, Paul Chain. Yeah, yeah. He's he like gets a, associated with the, the dude. Yeah, definitely. Stuff a lot. I think him and Wino did some stuff. <laughs> That's possible. I think he was in that band Death SS. Oh. Yeah. He was part of that. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, Rafe from Black Anvil turned me on to this. It's like he's like all over it. He's got vinyl. All the albums, like all that shit. Yeah, he has like a huge catalog. Yeah, right? he's got like 13 studio records out or something. Yeah, all kinds of singles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool. Italian. Italian guy. Has a little bit of a pentagram feel to it. Yeah. A little bit. Like this part right here is like. Obsessed, you know, like kind of St. Vitus, like pentagram, like that quintessential, like hard rock doom vibe. Some keys going on. Yeah, the keys. Yeah. Speaking of that, I uh, went to see Sabbath last night. Dude, how was that? Killer. Yeah. Great. It's yeah. fucking great. We went to the same show like three years ago. The one that was in Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking amazing. Which was fucking first time I'd ever seen him. Yeah, and yeah, it was great. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be great, and it was fucking great. Last night was right up there. It was, it was, it was tight. It was fucking good. The uh, when they opened with War Pigs at the one down at the PNC Art Center, it was like the siren, you know, the sirens, and it just went black. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you know, War Pigs, as far as Sabbath song goes. Great song, but we've heard it a million times. It didn't matter in that environment. Still, like, sent chills on my spine. Right, exactly. Man. Like, just like, like last night they opened with Black Sabbath. And the set was, you know, obviously Iron Man, Paranoid, War Pigs. But the set, after Forever, Into the Void. Like, they played uh, Dirty Woman. Oh, no way. Ecstasy. Wow. So they went to the deep catalog, man. Yeah. It was, it was pretty solid, man. I mean, yeah. Hand Doom, NID, Sweet Leaf. Uh, they sounded, I mean, the band sounded, Ozzy was, had his moments, you know, he sounded maybe a little tired, but the band was fucking perfect, dude. Perfect, they sounded incredible. It, this was an indoor, was it the Mohegan Sun Casino? Oh, yeah, they have like UFC events there. Yeah, they had that arena, which yeah. is small, though. Like, for instance, a couple weeks ago, the Deftones headline the same room that Sabbath headline. Oh, wow. So it's not like one of these, like, 30,000 seats. Oh. It's like, shit, I don't know. Huh. 12,000 seats or something? So wow. by Sabbath standards, that's pretty small. Yeah. So, I mean, it was loud. Uh, my friend that I went with, he's like, you want earplugs? I'm like, for an arena show? No. Yeah, they didn't it really was loud. crank it. I mean, they crank it up live, but it's not like going to see a, like a band like in a small club where it's like definitely. Like swans or yeah. something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it was, I mean, I felt like my ears were ringing after. I was like, good. <laughs> it was great, man. Yeah, it was great. Shredding going on there. I feel like some of the later cable stuff had more like a hard rock vibe to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like most people didn't think that. I'm not so sure I did, looking back on it, but we're never really ones for caring about that shit too much. We, we acquired a guitar player for a brief period of time who could shred, so we're like, fuck it, just try it. Yeah, cool. 
Yeah, I would, you know, I went through a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a phase, I still like these bands, but I was listening to a lot of, like, you know, Skinner and the Almond yeah. Brothers and fucking Mountain, shit like that, and uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's try to do that, but make it a little dirtier, you know. You always made it to Mountain. I remember, like, yeah. even back back when we were living in Boston, you were talking about covering Mississippi Queen. Yeah. Was it, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I still like that shit. I mean, you know, I was there was a time when I listened to it more than I do now. But... I think, like, uh, especially guys like our age, you know, we're in our 40s, where it's like, you grew up partially listening to like hard rock and it was meaningful to you in the same way that like punk was like almost equally sure. or at least for me like I, there's also some jackasses out there who totally neglect that they they ever like rock music and only listen to like punk and hardcore but you know, I feel like for me personally and probably for you it's like you know listening to like Deep Purple and that shit is like the first like dark music that I ever got into it was like, connected to yeah, yeah, yeah. me too yeah me too dude absolutely like I mean my first like hard rock obsession was like Ozzy man I mean I had a couple of Kiss records and I thought it was cool yeah but I didn't really connect with Kiss until I heard no. Ozzy and then forget it I was like obsessed I would go to the flea market and I would buy every like button or patch or, like iron on t-shirt like with those painters hats, remember those? Oh yeah, painters hats. They're like paper. Yeah, like they like hats. fall apart yeah. in like two days every yeah. day. once they get rained on. Oh dude, yeah, I would. That, that was my shit. And then I found out about Black Sabbath from later. Yeah. I was like, oh wait, my Ozzy sings for another band. Well, dude, when you first heard Sabbath, which version of the band did you hear? Did you hear the Dio version first? No, I actually heard uh-huh. the Ozzy uh, version first, but I love the Dio version of yeah. Sabbath. I can separate the two. I mean, there's a lot of, like, there's people out there. I mean, there's, there's people are just fucking too wound up and tight, man. I, right now, there's this whole thing going on. And it was going on when we seen Sabbath, and they put out that album. No, no Bill Ward, no Sabbath, you know, that whole thing. Like, well, the fucking guy would be there, man. If he was able to physically be out on the road, he would be there. That's that, my opinion. That, right? That's my opinion, too. Is that the truth? I mean, I don't 100% know that, but I know one thing. The dude that's playing with him now, I mean, he's a fucking monster. Yeah, it's a guy from Rage Against the Machine, right? So, well, no. Oh. He recorded the record. Oh. But the guy that's doing the tours, he's not the same guy. Oh. So, I don't know what this guy has done. He kind of looks like a typical, like, fucking L.A. rocker dude. Long hair, tattoos, bandana. I mean, but the dude... I'm not a big drum solo guy. Yeah. He did a drum solo last night. That was just like insane. Not that I need to hear a drum solo, or, you know, but whatever. It was impressive. So, yeah, I don't know. I just enjoyed the show. I'm not that invested in Bill Ward personally. I think he's awesome, but it didn't take away from my experience. No. I, I mean, I saw them, like I said, a few years ago, and I thought it was great, and, you know, I, I was happy. I I knew there was he had some health problems, but then I also I heard there was some, like, contractual business issues. But, stuff, yeah. I mean, honestly, in 2016, to be able to see Black Sabbath is kind of a treat, so that's how I look at it, you know, and it's like, even if one, one guy's not there, what are you going to do? I mean, people go see Slayer without... Um, you know, with, without uh, Jeff Hanneman, you know, 
yeah. and also no uh, the Lombardo. no Lombardo either. Right. So no one complains about that. Right. No. I actually I would have more of a complaint about that. Yeah. Totally. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time complaining no. about it either. <laughs> no, I saw the Slayer on the last Mayhem tour down in uh, Jersey, the same place I saw Sabbath. I thought they were fucking outstanding. I mean, these guys aren't slouches. Like Gary Holt and uh, Paul Bostock. Yeah. And these guys incredible dudes. Paul ba- Bostock was in Flotsam and Jetsam, right? Is that the band you came out of? Oh, wait. No, no, no. No, no. No, uh, no I don't think so. Newstead. Neust- yeah, what the fuck am I thinking about, man? Anyway, he's, he's a sick drummer, man, so I don't care what fuck. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, as far as Sabbath goes, uh, I love the Dio version of Sabbath. They, they made music without a little more. Yeah. Yeah. And it was totally legit. People legitimately were like, oh, it's Black Sabbath. Right. I, I actually heard the Dio version of Sabbath before I heard the uh, Ozzy version. What record? Uh, it was Heaven and Hell. So, so good. Yeah. Like this, this kid, friend of the family, was like a few years older than me, and he turned me on to all like the hard rock stuff I listened to when I was a kid, like Rush, you know, Zeppelin, Triumph, uh, Black Sabbath, you know, Rainbow, all that stuff. Great. And like, I heard, I didn't even know that the band existed before Heaven and Hell. Oh really? And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I was like a young kid, you know, and I was like, oh cool, this is this is killer. And then, like, I had uh, some other friends that they had an older sister. Her boyfriend was a guy who had, like, the ultimate record collection. And he was living at their house. Like, her boyfriend was living at her family's house. And that summer, I used to go down there and hang out all the time. Play, like, Dungeons & Dragons and shit. And, like, the kid, the guy, Tom, his name was play like all these records and he's like you like Black Sabbath and I was like yeah and he's like oh cool and we put on we sold our souls for rock and roll and it was like I need, I'm like what the hell what is, is this it's like the scare I was like terrified of the fucking music man. Right. and it was like so funny because you know this house dude had this massive stereo system he just fucking crank it and he'd be like sitting outside listening to it like total like white trash style <laughs> you know just like I think there was a car parked on the lawn too you know just total not giving a fuck about the neighbors or anything oh he was from Connecticut no no <laughs> no. no this is like yeah like up in New York where I grew up up, up a little bit upstate and um like, it was just really funny listening to that. We saw our souls for rock and roll, like, at max volume, like, just in the summertime. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, I didn't even know if I liked it back then, man. Like, I didn't even know if I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I think I might have to, like, retreat back into the, uh, the Dio stuff, because it's what? just not as scary, you know? Yeah, 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 sure. But it was. It was, like, a, for a young kid to listen to that shit, like, terrifying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, especially like, you know, the song Black Sabbath or even even Borkings, like when you're young like that, man, it's, I mean maybe it's a little different nowadays because kids aren't in shelters and shit. I don't yeah. Know, but uh, I was kinda of that way with not that it's I don't care about this band as much, but Deep Purple. The first yeah. thing I ever heard by Deep Purple was Perfect Strangers. That's a great record, man. I love that record. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I love it because I think it's great or I love it just because it's one of those 
things that I heard and I fell in love with when I was young. But I still listen to it, and yeah. I, so I guess I do. No, it's a good album. But I never, I never even heard like Smoke on the Water or Space Trucking or any of those stuff until after I heard. I'm like, it's the same man. But I think that stuff too. See, but. right around the same time I heard that that same summer is when I heard. Um, I heard Machine Head by, by Deep Purple. So that had all the classic tracks right. on it, like yeah, Highway Star and all that. Yeah. But uh, when when Perfect Strangers came out, I remember being really excited about that. And the song Perfect Strangers yeah. is fucking epic. I agree. I love that. Like that, that even like the lyrics and everything, and um, there's like that, that sort of breakdown towards the end, which is almost like a Zeppelin breakdown. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah, like Cashmere yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yep. So like Zeppelin with the keys and everything. Yeah, it's very epic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, they're not one of my favorite bands, but you know, I like the Purple, Perfect Strangers, and Blue Eyes for sure. I mean, when I go back and listen to them at this point, I guess that's the record I, I listen to over. Even Machine Head's classic, but. They have a bunch of other stuff that came out even earlier than that, but they had a different singer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really care for it as me much. Either. Me neither. Like that song, Hush. Yeah, to me, that, that's some of my greatest hits thing, and that's like the sore thumb yeah. song. Like, not into that. It has almost like this weird, like... Like 60s, like psychedelic kind of vibe to it. A little bit of country tinge to yeah, it Yeah, it's like, it's cool. I mean, I like a lot of that 60s stuff, but like, it's yeah. like... Um, for Deep Purple, I want to hear what Ian Gillen like fucking kicking it out. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever see the video for? There's a video for Perfect Strangers too. Of a guy, wow, an official have, rock or, video. Yeah, it's it's just them like in the studio like recording and stuff. It's really, like, really funny. Was that like an MTV? Was it on MTV? Yeah, it was on MTV. Yeah, I'm sure I did. See like playing know. soccer, you know. <laughs> this is probably like one of my favorite newish newish bands, Atriarch. Oh, yeah. 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 You ever see that? I haven't seen them ever play. No, have they played out here yet? I think they've been to the East Coast once. And um, we always talk about doing some kind of like tour together, you know, Tombs and Atriarch. Yeah, you had uh, uh, Lenny. The singer. Was on one of the podcasts. Yeah, Lenny was on an episode a while back. Yeah, they're cool, man. <laughs> Dude. They're cool. So, just so dark and just. They were like exactly what I wanted to hear when I heard when the first time I heard them. I'm like, this is like exactly the kind of shit that I want to listen to. It's like there's like a black metal influence to some of the songs, but it's a, a very heavy like Swans, like right. Bauhaus, like all the good stuff. Yeah, it's a heavy nod to the death rock stuff. But yeah, heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really cool. dig it. Yeah, I have all their stuff. Uh, I like that split too with uh, Alaric another cool band yeah I got a track by them on the playlist too oh you do yeah, yeah per- I always think of the two bands together me too because of that split yeah they both have sorry I mean Alaric's a little more like rock I guess they got more like a post-punk like yeah. vibe yeah yeah definitely you know it's funny um the singer in Alaric was in Dead and Gone right yeah Shane right yep yeah, I check out anything with the Dead and Gone. Yeah, because I mean, you were both kind of obsessed with Dead and Big Gone. time, big time fans. Uh, cable tour in '96, the Variable Speed Drive, we played like a lot of crappy shows on that tour. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, sounds like a happening place. Yeah, because fuck Kansas City. You know, we're gonna play Joplin. <laughs> yeah. So we playing with this band 
called Dead Dog that we had no clue who they were. <coughs> never heard the name. Just knew they were from California and they were gonna headline. Right? Cool. And we fucking blew our minds. Yeah. One of the only bands on that tour that blew our mind. They blew our fucking minds. Like, I was like, holy shit. Uh, didn't really get to. I mean, they weren't the nicest guys to us. But I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they were so good. It was so refreshing to. Like, because they come out of nowhere. I had yeah. no clue who they were. Well, they were, they they were, were on a. Uh, blown away. They had, like, records out on. Um, what was it? Uh, Alternative Tentacles put out one of their albums. Yeah, the first, this was they were touring for their first record. I think it's on Prank. Yeah, Prank. TV. Yep. Yeah, TV Babies. That's prank. the only thing they had out at the time. They were touring on that on that first record. And then they had a record out on GSL actually, the, the Beautician. Yeah. They were fucking. They were fucking awesome. Yeah, they were great. They blew our minds. Yeah, anything that those guys are connected with, I try to check out. The guitar player. Was it Rocky? I think that's his name. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the guitar player. Oh, man, I only the only guy in, in from Dead and Gone that I know is Shane, the singer. Howard. The, the, the guitar player had another band. Oh yeah, yeah. Your future. Your future. Yeah. I, that I didn't had, check that out too much. But. It was really cool. It was the guitar player, and then um, what's his name there? The guy from the guy that was the singer in Angel Hair that did GSL Records. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. Him. I think I met that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Angel Hair and uh, the uh, the VSS, and he was the front, the singer in Your Future. And it was like very much like that guitar player style, Rocky, like that reverb, yeah. you know, like almost like a Dead Kennedys kind of vibe to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, it was cool. I, I I saw them once. They played out here in Brooklyn at this place called Goodbye Blue Monday okay. and it was like some random I, I don't I, that's the only time I've ever been there and this is going back a bunch of years and it was like before Bushwick was like this cool like hangout place it was right. still when Bushwick was a little rough around the edges and I remember this venue was all the way down Broadway underneath the overpass underneath the L the elevated tra uh, train tracks and I'm like going out there I'm like where the fuck is this place man it's just like way out in the middle of nowhere all this like like ghetto like around it you know and uh and it was just like this like small like you know just spot you know they had like like books there and like fucking coffee and I think they I don't know if they had a bar or not a tiny stage and uh yeah they played there and I was like totally floored by how awesome they were and um yeah, man, I don't know if anyone really cared about your future too much. I, you know, I, I see the Dead and Gone Association, I'm like, I, I gotta check them out, and I, I may have checked out a song or two, and just kinda, I gotta have to revisit, but they have an album? They have a couple. They do? They have an EP, and they have an album, and I believe the uh, LP is called The Hidden Hand. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check that out. Uh, yeah. I feel like that last Dead and Gone record came out. Went completely under the radar at the Beautician. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool record. I think... I mean, they're all cool records. The odd thing about that is that GSL, at the time that that record came out, GSL was a kind of like a notable, like a hip label, really. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. Actually, the same thing happened to Vaz, too, with Aunt Vaz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They put out a record on GSL, and I was like, oh, this is probably going to be the break these guys need, you know? Nothing happened. Does Vaz, going back to your playlist, does Vaz have someone from Hammerhead in it? Yeah. 
The drummer and the bass player from Hammerhead are in Vaz. It's the drummer from the drummer and then the bass player plays guitar in Vaz. Okay. And I mean they have I mean, essentially, it's a two-man band, but there's been different versions of the band with two guitar players. I saw them one time with three guitar players and a drummer. That show happened at uh, a now-defunct record store called Permanent Records, which used to be, like, down the street from here. It's it's gone now. It's, like, an empty. No one's moved in there since they moved out. But uh, they had, like, three guitar players and a drummer playing in the record store. Yeah, it was cool. Wow. I, they have a lot of records out too. Right? They do. They toured with the Melvins, I think. Yep. No one knows who they are. It's insane. It happens with cool bands. We talk about it all the time. Like yeah. Frog, Lazy Baby. But like, you know, all these cool old bands, like noise rock bands, no one gives a shit about. The thing that I don't get about Vaz not being popular is that they actually have kind of like a, a market of, not, I'm not going to say marketable, but like a catchy sound. Like they sound like. I think like all the jackasses now that are into like fucking, you know, post-punk or whatever, all these guys like that get their haircuts and yeah. beards and shit, yeah. would love a band like that. Because they sound to me like Joy Division, like a fast version of Joy Division, like a little more aggressive, like, sound. But, um, you know, all those like Sacred Bones kids, like, they would like bands like that, but they don't, they can't see them because they don't, they're not packaged the right way to them. That's a, yeah. well, that's a big thing. Yeah, they don't have like a black record with like a rune on it or something like that, you know? And it's like, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you yeah. Mean, black record with a rune? Yeah, There's you know. There's none of those out there. Nah, it's, you know, that's real unique, you know? Unique just like the way everyone else is unique. Leviathan didn't do that 25 years ago. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> There's a couple of cool records out on uh, Sacred Bones. Yeah, they, yeah, they just uh, did. They do the John Carpenter records. I think they did. The John, you mean uh, the John Carpenter records came out on Sacred Bones? I think so. Oh no, wait. Uh, did something? Yeah. David Lynch. Oh, oh, the, yeah, the Polish night music. Yes. I thought the Carpenter records. Oh, that's on Sacred Bones. That's on. I love David Lynch. Yeah, he's well. You know, the new Twin Peaks is coming out next yeah, year. Yeah, it's really the only thing I care about in life. <laughs> right now, honestly, I'm living for that, and I'm just gonna fucking yeah, end it, man. I'm gonna find a bridge. The sour. This yeah. is off the, the, the brand new, new one. I gotta get the end of still. mirrors. I haven't heard it yet. This is like a TSOL or like. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, no. This is our. This is uh This is the God Bullies. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, all right. The God Bullies. Going backwards again to the Amrap stuff, yeah. This is a band that totally went under my radar. Yeah. Never check. I mean, there was a, a handful of Amrap bands that did. And when I see, when they focus on these guys in the documentary, it was like me hearing a new band. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big Killdozer fan. Sure. Too. And Killdozer was a little more like, you know, fucking redneck than yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Had the same vibe yeah. in a way, like the real sarcastic sarcasm, like uh, you know, irony. Yeah, like yeah, this song, dude. Yeah. This actually was in the documentary. Yeah, I, that's, I was like, yeah. And this dude, this is the main Mike, guy, Mike Hard. <laughs> that's the guy's name, Mike Hard. I was like, is this guy a professional wrestler? Is that... 
He's fucking. It was great. See, the so thing, the record's solid. Oh, dude, all their records are solid, man. Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, right. dude. Dude, all I have their entire catalog. That band, and were you into them? Oh yeah, yeah I, I do. That's fuck one of the yeah. bands that totally went under the radar for me. Actually. We had a conversation before the podcast about my former bandmate Josh Scott, right? Yes. Who um, we've been together years, decades. Known this guy. We aren't together. Oh, yeah, we're not in as touch the way we used to be, but we spent many consecutive days together for several years, solid. Like we lived together. We were in two bands together. We toured Europe. The United States, every fucking place that had shows, we played there together. And like, he's the guy who turned me on to a lot of these bands. Like, he was he was the guy. If you want to know about Amphetamine Reptile or Touch and Go, he was the source that you went to. Like, I got into God Bullets because he had these records. Like, when we lived together, I was like, oh, what's this? What's this? And I was checking out Killdozer. That was his whole world, man. Right, right. So, yeah, this. I've probably been listening to God Bullies since like 1995 or yeah, something well, like that. I, yeah. I feel like sometimes the Amram stuff and Touch and Go to an extent, I guess I ended up gravitating towards like the more, you know, Jesus Lizard, Shellac. Yeah. For Amram, today is the day, then obviously Melvin's, you know, yeah. helmet. Uh, but some of the these bands, like, I didn't. I mean, it's fucking cool because now I feel it's like new to me. Dude. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. Check out the deep catalog. I will. Because there's so many great bands that came out on Amphetamine Reptile. Like, you know, uh, Lubricated Goat. I mean, I knew the name. Cosmic Psychos. Right. Um, you know, those are two bands right away that come to mind that are fucking amazing. Did you like, see that release they did? Uh, that combines, I think it's the first eight volumes of Dope Guns and Fucking in the Streets. Is a double vinyl and a CD. Because, you know, they're all like yeah, four seven songs. Inches. Yeah, yeah four songs, seven inches. Like, yeah. I think it's the first eight. Oh, wow. It's on one release now. I think Amazon has it. You oh, get wow. a vinyl or a CD. Oh, that's really cool. It's fucking cool collection. We should, we should really go down and look at. Oh man. I mean, even like we, like I didn't know Jawbox was on one of them. They had they were on one of them. There's yeah. a lot of bands that weren't actually on the label, right. that were like Mud Honey, I think was on one. Yeah, yeah. The Thrown Ups, you know. Yeah. Well, Thrown Ups were on were on him, right? but yeah. this is uh this is Alaric. All right, yeah. Yeah, this is the beginning was a little similar, but um yeah, but uh I should do that because I have a lot of the LPs. And seven inches, but I don't have the complete set. Yeah, this is just an easy listen. Oh, man. Especially, you could probably buy, probably on iTunes too, but like, you know, get the CD or whatever, just throw it on, and it's fucking all right there. You don't have to, like, you know. I love that shit. Yeah, I like when they yeah. release, like, collections like that. you really that. look at the list of bands, it's like, holy fuck. Because I think there's a Jesus Lizard track, and they weren't, they were no. a touch and go band, not an Amber band. Another band I love too is Tar. Me too. Oh man. And now that band I do love. Yeah, because there was a connection with them and Helmet. Like Helmet, they toured with Helmet a bunch of times. And Paige Hamilton would always like prop up Tar as a band that influenced Helmet in a weird way. But I came to find out about Tar through Jawbox. Oh yeah, the split. Static. Hey, right, they yep. toured together. Yeah, I saw that tour. Middle East downstairs. Yep. Yeah, me exactly. too. Right. It's a fucking snowstorm yep. outside. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I drove up from Connecticut. There's no way I was gonna miss that. Yeah, it was awesome. That totally introduced me to Tar. Uh, so that's how I found out about that. I mean, this is great. It's so good, man. <laughs> All the touch and go stuff I came to through Laughing Hangers. 
I saw them too. Or, really. you know, I guess negative approach, really. Yeah. Because first touch and go back and they have a block, but wait a little bit later and laughing at you. The bass player in this band is a dude from uh, Nude Crush. Oh, I love it. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And the drummer was in the UK subs. Yep. I don't know anything about the guitarist in this band. Okay, are they a British band? Yeah. I guess he lives in San Francisco now. That's a pretty interesting collection. Oh, yeah. You mentioned TSML, though, which I think we both have a mutual love for. Oh, man. The later... Not, I mean, it's not even the later, but it's not the first record. It's like the second, third, and fourth records yeah, that are like... a little more goth-sounding. Actually, even the first record has yeah, the a first, lot you're Right, it's all the singles and stuff yeah, that are more like... like weathered statues... Yeah. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff, too. Uh, Change Today? Yeah. That, I fucking love that, right? That, that's that. got uh, the other singer on it, um, whatever his name is. The guy that was on Revenge is on that. Revenge. Revenge, Revenge everything yes. up until including Revenge yes. is solid. Definitely Change Today, definitely Revenge are definitely different, but they they stand but as they're great. good and records. I never actually... When you got the whole Revenge record, you put a track on your yeah. fall playlist last year. Yeah, yeah. And that made us, like, I think it was the track Revenge. You know? It's the song Revenge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that made me go get that. Oh, cool. Now I have them three. I love that shit. I gotta do it. Well, that's kind of the impetus for doing one of these podcasts is like the, uh, you know, all these tracks are gonna be available like later as a playlist, you know, at the same, you know, as a separate thing. Those things are fun, man. I think I should do more of those, like, playlists, you know, fucking mixtape type things. I, I always look gravitate towards that stuff if it's someone that I respect. Uh, not some dude with a hit haircut. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I have a massive catalog of music. More than I could ever listen to in a lifetime, but I still sit there sometimes and go, Yeah, what do I show us to see? Yeah, that's why I kind of like like when you do that kind of stuff. It makes me, you know, check out different stuff. I mean, it's maybe stuff I already heard, but kind of forgot about it, you know. The problem I have with doing mixtapes, if I do them too often, it's like I end up gravitating towards the same either bands or just the same sort of vibe. Or sometimes I'll be like, oh, wait, the song I just picked was on my last one. You know? <laughs> well, that's what mine ended up being was kind of a mirror of what I've been listening to lately. That's why I asked you, originally you asked me about doing that, I was like, pick like a, a theme, like 2016 releases. No, or, dude, I, I hate doing stuff like that. I just wanted to be lazy and have you narrow it down for me, because when you left the door open and everything, I'm like, oh, I don't even know what, I don't even know what came out this year. What, what records came out this year? Uh... The Into Armor record. That's a great, a great record. Which I love. Yeah. The new Cobalt record. You're not, not digging it? It's alright. It's good. I, the track I put on my playlist, I love it. The rest of the record I think is solid, but yeah. it's a little bit of a departure. Yeah, it's different, for sure. Um, what else came out this year? The Alaric the come out this year? Yes. I mean, I haven't even heard that yet, but it's amazing, man. I love it. Yeah, they're on Durat too. Durat record. Oh yeah, that's right. The new one. What was so the good. first record on? I don't know. That's a good question. I am. Um... Dude, you know this band, Cows? No. This is like very, very special track for me. 
card. Give me, give me a minute. There can only be so many bands. Brain bombs? Yes. Dude, how'd you guess get that? Get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> I love the brain bombs, but they have so much shit that I yeah. I don't know any album. Said, Dude. They have a new record just came out. Oh, they get the fuck out of here. I always put a song. They have a new album I brain bombs? When I piled my original playlist. I took off like six songs before I even sent you the one where I had to scale down even further. Wow. And the first song I have to do Brain Bombs record is on. Oh, man. I have it on my phone. All right, it's cool. I gotta, I gotta find that then. Uh, I didn't know they were still to even doing stuff. Oh. I've been obsessed with this band for like the last two years. Nice. This is uh, what we listen to on tour when we're pulling away from the venue to go to wherever we're staying at. <laughs> we always put this song on. It's like, all right, night's over. Which, which track is this? Uh, Inri. I-N-R-I. They have so many amazing... So yeah, when we're rolling away from the night's over, this shit's playing. In the van. Oh, man. That's yeah, a new full-length. Dude, I thought these guys were like dead or something. They're playing in L.A. I think maybe this week. Or they just played L.A. Wow. Yeah. Me too, dude. I thought they were done, like... Hard to find any info out about them, and I, I see some weird thing on somewhere on the internet. They're playing in the United States, of course. It's LA. If it was oh, New York, wow. I would have drove down. Damn. Yeah, and they have a new record that just came out. Holy shit. Alright, I gotta find that. Yeah, dude. I, me and uh, my friend Matt, my friend Phil, are obsessed with this shit. I know. You know, uh, Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon record, record shop. That's the first place I heard this. Because they reissued that Obey record. Oh, wow. Which, you don't really make the connection why, but these guys played in, like, more hardcore than shit, too. Well, one, I heard, I knew that one guy was in that band, Totalitar. Yes. Who did a split with Drop Dead. Yeah. And Ben from Drop Dead. Yeah, from yeah, Obey. yeah, yeah. But that's all I know, is that one dude from Totalitar is in this band. Oh. Yeah, that's what I heard about it. Bring box. This always reminds me of being not at home. Like this song. <laughs> like it's uh, it's almost weird listening to this here in the apartment. I like, like that you have a song that you pull away from the venue. Yeah. It's like night's over. <laughs> We're fucking loaded up. We got our money. Let's go to Denny's, man. And like put this fucking track on. Done. I don't gotta think about anything anymore. Just to go get some food and go to sleep. It doesn't matter how it was a good show or bad show. This is yeah, it's always. You know? It's interesting. Yeah, this stuff is. You know, I just seen uh, Siege play. Siege? Yeah, well, obviously not with the singer because both the singers are dead. I'm like. So they are on like singer number three now. Weird, man. They played a couple of shows in Providence. They might have played in New York somewhere. But, uh, you know the last song of the Drop Dead? Yeah, it seems to be the only, the only, well, they have that other separate from Seth Pop, too. The original Drop, uh, Seed record. That last track is like seven minutes long, and it has like horns on it. Oh, fuck. Well, the saxophone, got a trumpet. Uh, that reminded me. Yeah, this is the Cobalt. Yeah, this is the, yeah. Uh, this is the first song at this stage of the new Cobalt record, which is a departure. Yeah, it's definitely different. 
This song in particular, though, the second it came on, I paid attention. The rest of it, I was like, yeah, it's just solid, but uh, they cover all the ground in this one. Singers, I like. I knew the singer. Yeah, in drama. Well, the guy does all the instruments, I guess. He's also in Lord Mantis. Lord Mantis, yeah. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. No. Huh. See, I love Lord Mantis. Basically, Lord Mantis is uh, is that band Indian. <laughs> right. It's like almost Indian. the entire band Indian is now in Lord Mantis. So wait a minute. Indian doesn't exist anymore. I don't think so. No. Indian has morphed into Lord Mantis. Yeah, and 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 Charlie's not in. in uh, in Lord um, Mantis anymore. Charlie sing for Indian? No. Those guys have very similar deliveries in their yeah. Charlie was the singer in Lord Mantis, and he also played in Knock Mystium. Okay. Yeah. I met Charlie when he was in Knock Mystium when we did a bunch of dates with them like many years ago. So, yeah, you know, you're not, uh, this Trust record overall, good. you're not feeling? I, I like the other record better. The other records. Yeah. But this, this is pretty cool. Well, it's got the, you know, the dark throne part right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's not blowing your way. No, but it's, 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 it's cool. I'm off to a good start. I do. I <laughs> it's cool. It's all good. No, I don't know why this track, I love this. This, this is track. probably the best track on the album. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I've listened to the album a few times this week, too. And I, I mean, there's definitely a cool vibe going on. What well, reminds this, this part reminds me like a, a cleaned up version of Outlaw Order. Okay, I never thought like, of that. Outlaw Order, uh, like super super dirty. But if this was like if someone else plugged in their instruments yeah. and produced it differently, I think this reminds me more like Outlaw Order. Like the vocals have like a, kind of like a Mike Williams vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. You hear that? Yeah, I don't know. There's something about this track I just grabbed it right away. Um, yes, 2016 releases, dude. Rainbow. Wow, dude. All right, I I didn't know that, man. I gotta I gotta, I gotta track that down. And get it. Yeah. So what else came out in 2016? I know Arm Up, Rain Bombs. Uh, do you know anything about this? Band? I think they're a New York band called Woke. W O K E. No. I seen something about it online. I downloaded the record. There's a lot of bands around here that are in that realm now, like Yellow Eyes. They're pretty good bands. Yellow Eyes, uh, Board. Board's another band from the Brooklyn area that would do black metal. I've heard that name, but I don't know. Yeah. Imperial Triumphant. They're really good. We just saw them recently, a couple weeks ago. You know, it was a great band from New York that plays, like, they're not necessarily black metal, but they're extreme metal. It's, uh, Pierron. Oh, yeah. Did they do, like, one record on Relapse? Yes. Well, you guys have played shows. We played shows together a bunch of times, and, um... The Relapse record I have is awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's great. I feel like they kind of didn't get their due. Or maybe they do, and I just don't know. Yeah, dude, the problem... The problem is, it's like... This is going to be a controversial thing I'm going to say. Is that back when there was a different group of people running Relapse, they, were, they had more hands-on in, like, helping you do your thing. But now it's like, the record comes out, we're going to do some promotion. See you guys later. Good luck. And there's, like, a band like Puron, who don't really fit into, like, they're not really, like, they're, yeah, they're a death metal band. 
But they're a death metal band the way Gorguts is a death metal band or something right. like that. They're like more progressive than that. So they can play with death metal bands, they can play with different types of bands, but they never really were fitting into any particular thing. So they just didn't get the opportunities, I think, that some bands got to tour, you know. And I think that's ultimately what led to like them leaving the label, you know. But they're, they're still functioning, man. Oh yeah, yeah. They just they just toured. They just did a whole U.S. tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're great. They're almost to me. They're almost like like a death metal Rollins band or something. I was gonna say until you said death metal, if someone asked you to classify them, I wouldn't actually say that. I mean, there's definitely elements of that. But I, I hear some older today's and they. And yeah. Yeah. I mean. I think they think of themselves more as a death metal band, and there's definitely more like extreme drumming in it. Right, right, right. That's what makes it more of that style. But like the guitar playing is like it's like abstract, like angular, like kind of Chris Haskins style like right. guitar lines. Which I feel like there's a little bit more going on in there than like traditional. Death yeah, yeah, totally. Except like Gorguts. Like Gorguts. Like, and Gore, it took Gorguts decades to catch on with people. A matter of fact, did they ever catch on to my reform? Because I don't think. No. <laughs> right, like Obscura. Yeah. And, uh, it took from them. The hate. Those are amazing records, but I don't think. Yeah. No one really like they do now. No. And they like. Yeah, but now they're they're distancing themselves from like extreme music and trying to be more like in this kind of like uh, like progressive like prog thing. Yeah, yeah. Like more like you know like a. Like a more extreme, like dream theater or something. That's did you of, hear that last release they did, the one song? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's got Colin and Kevin Huffnagel on there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, fucking brilliant players. Yeah, these yeah. guys are on a completely different level, man. Do you want to know something funny? When uh, Tubes first signed to Relapse, we did a tour with Dysrhythmia, right? There's us and Dysrhythmia, and one of the shows uh, was the Wayward were on the show. Remember them? The Wayward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And it was like two guitar players that I had like no business playing on the same stage with. <laughs> we're, on, we're on this one show together. And I was like, oh God, man. I'm gonna, I could barely fucking play my instrument. And I got these two like virtuosos. Like I'm sandwiched between like two virtuosos. Like, I feel uh, like that every show. Nick, Nick from the Wayward is like such an amazing guitar player. And then Kevin, yeah, he's like... The Eddie Van Halen of like fucking. I'm more familiar with Kevin and his work. Yeah, got the wayward, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you you had mentioned that before too about uh, talking about recording Savage Gold, like having to play like in front of Rutan. That must be like nerve wracking. It was. It was very uh, challenging, and um, we're going back down there again in January. Do it all over again. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, cool. I heard you mention that. Not only like totally new band. Well, well, Ben, Ben's band, yeah, right, right. but it is a new band for the most part, really. I mean, you know, Savage Gold's a lot different than what we're doing now, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, there's another good record that came out in 2016. What was the, that? The Tombs EP. Oh shit! Oh yeah, that's right. It did come out. Did you see? It's funny. We recorded it like right around now, last year. It was released in like March or something, though, right? Or April? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I thought like it feels like it came out like years ago. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's a cool. One. Yeah, I guess that's a good record. But yeah, it's like I'm excited. We're going back down there in January, and uh, we're already like doing all the logistics and planning now. It's like, I remember the, the last time you guys went, the band I was doing at the time, 
play the show with you the night yeah, before. Yeah, yep, that's right. It was Empty Flowers at uh, Vitus. Right, right. And we left the next morning. Classic. I dug deep for a sound. Good, man. This is like uh, on uh, Technical Ecstasy, right? Yeah, track two. Yeah. Uh, I... Love this. I've been spending a lot of time last few years listening to uh, Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die. Records that I overlooked early on because everyone was like, oh, those records suck. Nah, yeah, they, don't suck. they don't suck at all. No, they're great. They're different. They're great. I, I was reading something about the making of this record yeah. in Miami and Criteria Studio. Okay. Apparently, I only basically made it myself because everyone was just like, Coked up on the beach all day, you know. But I guess it's like a massive studio. There's more than one room, you know. It's the Eagles were there at the same time, making Hotel California. And on numerous occasions, they had to stop recording. The Sabbath was recording so loud, there was bleeding over. I like that. I like that story. You can't make that shit up. That's perfect. I mean. It's bad they didn't like force them to just stop and abort the whole record. I, I hate the Eagles. Me too. I don't like them at all. <laughs> I like Joe Walsh, but I don't like the Eagles. Yeah, I can, I can, I can stand, you know, some of his solo shit. Or uh, I'm an idiot. I'm going blank. What was his band? James Gang. James Gang. Yeah. James some Gang riffs cool. in there. There's some solid shit in there. But the Eagles band. Like the Eagles, I think. Like I can't. The kind of dudes who listen to the Eagles are like, like. Guys are like lawyers. They're like in their fifties, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, like you know, I, like, I like used to smoke weed when I was in college, and, you know, and like, you know, I like go out and go rock climbing on the weekends, and you know, I like cutting edge shit, like yeah, the Eagles. cutting edge shit like the Eagles. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's funny, man, though, because there's that like everyone has like a band that some people consider like the Eagles that they like, but I mean, for me, it's I like Springsteen, dude. I'm the biggest Springsteen fan. Really? I love Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, all right. Cool. We should have put one on the playlist. Next I, I, like I said, I had to abort stuff. We I should do an all it. Bruce Springsteen playlist next time. Oh. Yes, that's a good way to get a lot of listeners. Yeah. I'm doing shit for myself, man. Yeah, dude. I would. I really. Have you ever seen him? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Once. I have not. I saw him once. And he's playing up in New I would England. go see him. I would go. Totally. Uh, that would be fun. I saw Springsteen in the '80s when. Uh, uh, Born in the USA came out. Great album. It is a great album. Probably his last great album. Yes, I would tend to agree with that. The record Radio Nowhere. There, there are moments. There's two, so, one song in there that's amazing. There's songs. There's every uh, that Magic album has a couple of yeah. good songs. The Rising has a couple of good yep. songs. But I mean, those first is it six, seven records? Everything, the first one. The Born in the USA, dude. Untouchable. Fucking great. The river. This tour he's doing now is focusing on the river. Really? In its entirety. And then, like, you know, his shows are like four hours long. Yeah. So it's like the river and then, like, 25 other songs. Wow. Damn. Uh, but a lot, I get my ass busted a lot for that. You know? It's just... I know people that like the Eagles. And they're, they're, they combat that by saying, well, you like Bruce Springsteen. And I'm like... I don't have time to get into this with you, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Eagles, they're just like white man music, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool if you like that. It's soulless. Yeah, there's like no vibe to it, you know? There's no grit. Nah. Zero. No. There's nothing. And, and maybe Springsteen is because, you know, he's like a tri-state area guy, and that's probably why, like, you know... You know, I don't know. It's like, if you live in the Northeast, you, you kind of relate to him more, I guess. 
feel like there's just an underlying. I mean, listen, I know the guy's a millionaire. Yeah. Ten times over. He's not like just like a regular guy. No. We are. But I feel like. I don't know. I feel like he just has this certain grit. Maybe not so much anymore, but especially those early records. Yeah. I mean, up until the age of 24, he was a struggling guy. You know, he right. was 24 years of his life he spent fucking right. banging it out. So, um, <coughs> yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Me too, man. Um, yeah, the, yeah, I love the Sabbath track. Man. I love it. It's a good one, man. Yeah. I, uh, I go back to those records. I like when Sabbath um, introduced keyboards into the mix, man. Me too. I'm like into that. This this uh, this guy who plays keys on this track is not. Was it Rick Wakeman who played? Rick Wakeman on was some in of Yes. Stuff? He was in Yes. Right. Maybe you know what Rick Wakeman was on this record. I think. I don't. He wasn't playing this song. This was some obscure guy. I want to say Rick Wakeman because I read. But he played on something. Yes. Because um, that Iomi biography that came out a few years ago. I remember yes. reading that and they were talking about Rick Wakeman. I get Rick Wakeman and uh, the guy from Emerson Lake Palmer. Yeah. Mixed up all the time because they're like, you know, the two proteges. Yeah, yeah. ELP and yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That prog scene. Yeah, I know one of those dudes was a Wakeman. It's funny, last night they had a guy playing keys. When we seen him in Jersey, was there a guy playing keys that was like off to the side? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. was in a fucking black tent. This is the funniest thing, dude. They introduced the Ozzy introduced the band. Oh, cool. it was like Alan. I think it was Alan Wakeman. I don't know if it's Rick Wakeman's son or maybe there's no relation. I don't know. The spotlight pans over to like stage right, and this guy like peels back this black curtain, and he's like, he was in like a fucking tent. You couldn't see him. Wow. The guy was like hidden Weird. off. To, he was off the stage huh. on like a separate. Maybe he's like Robert Fripp or something. You know, <laughs> you know like Robert Fripp or King Crimson. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, he's like he's not even on stage with the band. Like I saw this one video of King Crimson, and he's like sitting in a chair, like somewhere away. Nice. Yeah, in the doorway. Yeah, man. This was. I, I discovered this song after being a lifelong Misfits fan. You know how when Static Age first came out, it was in the box set? Yeah, yeah. This song is omitted from the version in the box set. So when they actually released that on its own, a few years later on, like, LP and CD, I never bought it. So I'm like, I already fucking have this. This, I don't even know where it came into my sight, but I'm like, I never heard this fucking song. It's fucking good, man. And I, I, then I put two and two together, yeah. It's become, like, my favorite Misfits song. And it just Danzig's voice, man. Uh, what are you uh, just feeling on that? About what? This, uh, reunion thing. I know you how you know how you love the reunions. Yeah, but it's different when the Misfits reform than it is when Sheer Terror reforms, you know? Or like fucking like Youth of Today gets together. It's like different, you know? It's like well, it's definitely a bigger. Yeah, but it's like I, I look at like the Misfits as like. A classic band that really made an impact, and these other bands are a bunch of dudes who like barely play, you know. <laughs> and like, and it's and this shit that I don't care about. Like, I don't care about Ethan today. I don't care about Sheer right. Terror. You know, I don't care about fucking Bold. Yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely into those bands when I was younger. Uh, it's you know, Coc. Fuck yeah, man. Animosity. Yeah, right? my, yeah. This. Uh, Band I'm doing now is like we're like 
try, but not very well, to recreate kind of some of this vibe. Well, that's the sorry. <laughs> like guitar player is like, this is like his favorite record of all time. Yeah, Black Death. Uh, slow Death. Slow Death. Yeah. Why am I Black Slow Death. Yeah, Black Death, man. No. <laughs> slow Death. That's a cooler name, actually. Oh, man. Slow Death. There's like a, probably about 15 bands named Black Death right now. I think there's about 15 named Slow Death. Too. <laughs> what, um, so what's the deal with Slow Death? Uh, the tracks sound good too. Did you? Where did you record them? We recorded with this guy Will Killingsworth at uh, Dead Air Studios up in uh, Western Mass, Amherst. The name really rings a bell, man. She's been in like ton, tons of bands over the years, uh, more on like DIY kind of punk rock vibe. Um, he did a great job recording the record. Yeah, it's cool. It's like a home studio in his house. He kind of turned his basement into a studio. Wow. His garage is like, his, his former garage is the live room. The control room is on the other side. But uh, he's very cheap uh, for what you get, in my opinion. And we wanted to go somewhere that was a little more raw yeah. than what we're trying to do. Like, we need to go spend a ton of money to do it. Um, yeah, I'm happy with it. I sent you the track. Yeah, no, it sounds great. Um, what? Uh, who, who's in the band? So, a few years back, uh, I was between bands looking for something to do, and uh, I met this dude, Matt Spear, and he used to play drums in a band from Boston called Disappear. I remember that. Um, got a record on Magic Bullet. Yeah. Um, so, me and him crossed paths, and uh, we started jamming together. Um, three guitar players in and out, nothing was like really jiving. We were trying to do something a little more kind of doomy at first. Um, and then uh, my friend Jeremy plays guitar. I've known him since like 1989. He used to be in an old uh, band called Tenta Engine. Like an old like, 80s yeah. style hardcore band. Yeah. He's, and he's been in and out of bands. He played in Doc Hopper. For oh, yeah. Man. Oh, Chris Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, I love Chris Pierce. Yeah. Man. Uh, so I knew him and I suggested him uh, to Matt and Matt ended up knowing him too which I didn't think he knew him so we all kind of knew each other nice and he wasn't doing anything so we just got together and started playing and like the music sort of took a different direction and it just became like we kind of cut most of the doom shit out yeah yeah there's nothing doomy about no slow death we just went for more of a straight on I don't know we talked about kind of what what we liked and what we wanted to do and hey, my influences come from everywhere you know what I mean so to try to do something with one kind of formula it's hard for me to do yeah I mean I think there's a little bit of like this kind of stuff in there totally a little bit of noise rock shit going on in there but the one thing we kind of really wanted to do at least initially was make everything compact like no long songs yeah the songs are fairly short definitely. over time I'm sure that'll change yeah but that was like that was the only conscious decision like we want to kind of just try to make everything quick and to the point. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of fucked around for like eight months getting it together, and then that's what we got. Just recorded it and uh, talking about different ways to release it right now. Um, Bandcamp, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if all else fails, yeah. we're gonna do that. We're, we're talking to uh, a few labels right now. I don't want to mention anyone's name in case they don't, they don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Not that it's a big deal, yeah. but uh, we we have one like solid offer that we're super stoked about. Oh, cool, man. And then some other stuff. Wines yeah. are in the water. Kinda. Yeah, you gotta like you know, yeah. firm everything up. So, but yeah, you got, you got another band, uh, Hexenberger too, right? 
Yeah, that's uh, it's funny. I have a hard time calling it like my band or saying I'm in the band because it was Christian and this guy Nick that I was in Empty Flowers with. Uh-huh. Um, they kind of formed this band. Why Empty Flowers was going on, um, and then Empty Flowers stopped playing, and that became their main thing. And uh, they've had a revolving door of members in that band. Um, they put out a record. They basically recorded like a mix apart, real lo-fi. Uh, just the two of them wanted to do it live, so they put different members. They would come and go and stuff, and uh, a lot of turmoil there. Yeah, you know, whatever it happens. I get it. So they had booked time at Machines of Magnets up in Rhode Island, where we made the Empty Flowers records, and. Uh, Five days before the session to make this record, I got a phone call and this, they had uh, parted ways with the bass player. Oh. Who would be uh, Herb Gillette? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Herb. Yeah. Rat guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Herb's great. Um, so Christian just asked me, he's like, hey, can you play bass on the record? And I'm like, uh, sure. I don't know any material. <laughs> so they sent me like some crude demos that Sunday night and I basically wrote all my parts over the course of the week I had the week off thankfully oh, good. so I could dedicate just to doing that so that was on a Sunday night they showed up at my place on Friday night we didn't even practice we didn't have time so they got there late we just went to the studio Saturday morning and knocked out the record so I've never done anything like that like that's sporadic and kind of it was fun it was stressful yeah it was challenging but they basically tracked everything and I just did my bass last um, I'm pretty psyched on it I think it sounds cool man. It's way different for me yeah it was kind of a new challenge there's a lot of space to fill um, I've never done anything like that so I, I, I'm happy with it but I they both live in Philly I'm still up in Connecticut we practiced one time we played one show together and we made a record it was all in the course of seven days wow so since the re- uh, I haven't done anything with them since then they're in the process of writing new shit now uh we're doing a Blue Oyster cult cover. <laughs> what song? Veterans of the Psychic. Oh, Lord. man, that's a great. I love From Heavy Metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. We all... Well, that's Mick's favorite band, our guitar players. Really? Yeah, he, like, force-feeds us Blue Oyster cult, yeah. which is not a bad thing, because I love them, but... Yeah, so the, the Hexenberger thing, man, those guys play shows as a duo when I can't come down to Philly which I can never come down there just because we're starting a new job yeah it's stuff, kind of but, a trek, uh, man we're going to try to do some more shit next year as like a full functioning band but it'll be you know a few days here a few days there nice I'm not sure about that record either 100% who's putting it out we're talking to a few people but hopefully have it out early next year that's awesome. I like I like it so far, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. Like the last three records I've made, I think couldn't be more different from each other. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> the Empty Flowers last record, and then the Slow Death stuff, yeah, and now the hardcore stuff is like, yeah. It's, but I'm having fun with it all. You know, it's I'm proud of it all, and you know, yeah, so it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty psyched at all of it. So, yeah, I mean, Slow Death is, I would say, is my primary, like, functioning. We're going to try to function like a normal band of, you know, 40-plus-year-old guys that have jobs. Is that, is that, everyone's kind of, like, not too far away from each other, logistically, yeah. either, right? Right, because Empty Flowers was, like, spread out yeah. fucking everywhere. Yep. Philly, Connecticut, like, you know, north of Boston. 
Matt and Jeremy both live basically in Boston. And you're like, so we're like 45 minutes away. About an hour and 10 minutes or something like that. But it's not, you know, we try to practice every other week or something. They have a space up there. Oh, okay. And we play at my house, so we like take turns doing it. That's not bad. Yeah, so we can... When our schedules align, it's not possible for us to get together. So, and we, we've got our first show coming up in October. Because in Connecticut, you live like basically right at the beginning of the Mass Pike, right? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, 15, 20 minutes from where the pike. Yeah, yeah. We're 84, Interstate 84 ends yep. the pike. Jump on the pike right there. I live like 20 minutes from there. You know, I know it well, man. <laughs> I live out in the middle of nowhere. But that, that intersection, though, it's like, because I used to live in Boston for a number of years and just traveling back and forth to see my parents and stuff. Yeah. I was always taking 84 to, to I-90 and all yep. that shit. Yeah. Uh, as far as Connecticut goes, it's all right. <laughs> you know, I mean, Connecticut sucks, basically, but I try to make the best of it. <laughs> I, got, I got a cool place to live in a... a, a a cool wife and a cool dog, so I just kind of like shut myself off. Nothing else that's going on. <laughs> this is uh, into armor. Yeah, these guys are sick. Yeah, the third track of the new record. Uh, yeah, this band blew my mind when uh, Cable played the show with them back in April. And super cool guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mike Caparo. I had Mike on the podcast. Yeah, too. yeah, but yeah, I, I talked to him the most out of all the guys. Yeah. Because we're, you know, slinging merch next to each other. Oh, yeah. uh, but, dude, these guys just blew my mind. I mean, I was familiar with them. I had two previous records, but, yeah, they, they were amazing. And the first Slow Death show was going to be with these guys. Nice. Yeah. So I'm psyched about that. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, this change coming up is so neurosis, like from Silver and Blood Air, like the next change. Fucking so good. Where the fallout goes, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, actually, I think Mike was saying on your, on your podcast, so like, neurosis. It's the band everyone can like rally around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? That someone's always inevitably gonna get bummed out by what you put on in the band. Like three guys will like it, the fourth guy will think it sucks, but like who's gonna complain about the races? Do you wanna be in a band that somebody's gonna complain about the races? I don't. There's a member of Tunes who actually isn't even that big of a neurosis fan. Is that weird? That's weird that he's like put off by neurosis though. Like, no, but it's just like he's like. Uh, not like way into it. It's not his thing, really. You know, it's interesting, right? That is interesting. Right? Yeah, I'm digging this. This might be my album of the year so far. Yeah. I mean, I'm going blank on probably a lot of releases, but you know, I'm really bad at that. So like, am I. I like, need to make a list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even think of th- music in those terms of like, well, what came out this year? I probably should, since like, 
I'm doing a lot more like music writing these days. Well, you, you've touched on that a little bit in an earlier podcast, like kind of like the album, like your wrap up, like good records for that year. Yeah. But I'm like hard pressed though to come up with stuff like that. Like people are like, I am too, asking me about shit, and I'm like, I don't know. Fucking, you gotta go research it. Yeah. But, like fucking like, fixation on a coworker. Uh, <laughs> that's that came out this year, right? Uh, you know. Word, word is law, you know. <laughs> uh, I actually haven't. I have um. I get I get decibel sent to the house here, and uh, I haven't read the neurosis issue yet. I haven't. Is that like a regular issue? You get understand? Like, I think so. I don't. I, that's a good question. I don't I know. know. They do special. Yeah. I, I stopped subscribing to decibel, so I'm gonna have to go seek it out. I guess. I don't know. I think it's actually just a regular issue that's yeah. just devoted to neurosis. I would love, yeah. Because they have their new albums coming out this month, or Jan, September, actually. Yes. Big year for neurosis. Yeah. Yeah, they had that 30th anniversary show, shows. Yep, they did. Yeah, well, it was last year, but that tour they did in August of last year, that was like a legit tour for them. They yeah. They played like 15 or 20 shows. Yep. They haven't done that since times of grace. Yeah, they don't, they don't do big tours anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been, by their standards, man, they've been picking pretty hard. They played Roadburn this year. Um, they have that, that box set came out earlier. I got that. I didn't get it. It's going to come back in print, though. It was a Christmas gift for my wife. Oh, wife it's a great present. Great present. Yeah. And then they have a new a new studio album coming out. Yeah, I pre-ordered that already. So, uh, another record that's coming out that I'm sure I'm going to love is the Dark Throne record. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be awesome. Yeah. The track I heard I liked a lot. They, they always come. They always manage to put out, out something interesting. Yeah. I, I actually yeah. fell off with them up until a couple of, like maybe a year ago I started listening to them again. Because yeah. I just got too, their music just became too all over the place for me, you know? And, um, yeah, it was just like too, uh, like salad like word salad fucking riff salad you know like right, too yeah, much yeah. but like I appreciate even the records I didn't like they had they had a period where they were almost like almost like this like new wave of British heavy metal like vibe to some yeah. of it and I was like this stuff's pretty cool yeah. like, their vocals yeah. are a little different yeah then they had like this punk phase or whatever yeah. that yeah. stuff I like Dark Thrones and Black Flags yeah then who knows what the new record's gonna sound like yeah the track I heard it almost sounded like a combination of Oh, that's cool. All those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always check them out, man. I, I love the whole idea of how they do the thing. I love the fact that those fucking dudes don't have to play a show. I mean, imagine the offense of us turned down. It's pretty funny. Well, um, what's his name there? Not, not Fenris, the other guy. Uh, Ted. Ted. He's in Aura Noir, which is like a pretty full-functioning band. And there's some other bands that call, uh, I'm not sure if I pronounce it right, Sark? S-A-R-K-E? Oh, okay. He's the vocalist for that band. I didn't they, know that. Yeah, they've actually, they played Maryland Death Pass. Huh. Like, See, that's the thing, man. It's like, Dark Throne should play like a fly-in show like that. I, know, imagine I, wonder, that. I wonder, like, why they don't. Like, what? Why? Why? Am I right or wrong? Is Fenris works for the post office? Yeah. Right. Apparently, and I, this I don't know if it's true or not either. I've heard that he's also no, known in uh, in Norway 
as a, as a sort of um, expert on like wilderness trails. Like some dude who's like knows like all about these paths and hiking and stuff. Well, they have it. I think it's on Dark Thorns and Black Flags. Right? I have a song called Titan Metal Punks. Oh, okay. And there's always, there's always like, I see pictures of all the time, like, camping. Yeah, maybe there's uh, something to that. Well, is it, is it one of the guys that enslaved, like, a, uh, a fishing tour guy or something? Maybe, I don't know. I could be. Never really got into enslaved, man. No? I mean, a little bit, but not... I, I saw them last year at Roskilde Festival when we played. It just didn't really do it for me. Really? Yeah. I liked them quite a bit. That's cool. Um... How about, uh, about Burzum? Where do you stand on that guy? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. You, I mean, do you like keep up with their records? Ah, uh, the last, I haven't gotten a Burzum record in forever. Yeah. You know, he had, has he released more material like, in the last couple of years? Oh, yeah. Really? I think he puts out like a, almost a record a year. Wow. Or maybe that's a little too, maybe it's every other year. I don't know. He's put out a lot of records. I think the last two, one was like traditional Norwegian music and then one was more electronic, which he's done before. Yeah. Philosophum has like some electronic stuff on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like some I like more than others. Like that record, Ask, like yeah. early. That's a great album. Yeah, it's fun. Philosophum's cool. But, um, I don't give a fuck. Whatever, man. It's like the guy's got some dodgy politics, but yeah. his music is like... Hey. It is what it is. If you want to open up that can of worms with every person, like any artist, whether yeah. it's a filmmaker, writer, musician, you're not gonna like anything. At least for yeah. at least for now, I think we live in a country where you can listen to whatever the hell you want. Right. You so. don't necessarily have to subscribe to these beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of bad music that should be fucking, you know, like. Should be censored, you know. There's a lot of uh, bad music with good intentions. Yeah, there's a lot of bad music that just because it sucks so bad should be censored out of fucking yeah. existence. But that, that never happens. So why not good music with bad fucking philosophy? You could start with about 99 percent of everything called pop punk. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that genre. No. But they have every right to get into whatever they want to. Man, I'm not going to stand in someone's way if they want to, you know, buy like a fucking pop punk record. Right. You know, there's like. You know, and, and there's stuff out there I think that culturally is negative. Like, a lot of like R&B music I think is like very culturally negative. Sure. Yet people are allowed to like check that out. So like, fuck it. You know, I'm not gonna. It's not my cup of tea. I don't think there's really a positive, uh, you know, full of philosophy, but put, being put out there by like guys like Drake or Kanye West or whatever. But it's like, I'm not gonna stand in anyone's way if they want to enjoy that music. You know. Yeah, for, I mean, for now, you're, you should be able to listen to whatever you want. Yeah, until, country, right? until uh, you know, the new regime takes over and I'm not yeah. allowed to do anything. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I get put in a camp somewhere, you know? Yeah, that could be right around the corner. Dude, months <laughs> away. You could be put in a thought camp. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. You could be the same the same people who argue with you about, oh, you listen to Burzum, you listen to Death in June... We'll, we'll sit home and watch Polanski movies all night. Yeah. You, can, you know, maybe that offends me. Maybe. It doesn't. I'm just saying, as an example, like, you better, you can start peeling back the layers on individuals that make art. You're always going to find something you don't like. Well, a lot of people nowadays, like, I think because survival has become so easy in a lot of ways, you know, where, like, back in the day when we were hunters and gatherers, it's like we were worried about getting 
eaten by like saber toothed tigers and <laughs> die, starving to death and like fucking, oh real shit yeah real shit and having like another tribe like wipe us off the planet that's when we were concerned with like real survival stuff but now it's like that shit comes so easy you get out to the supermarket you get right. like your packaged meat and whatever and you go to town yeah. Yeah. so now all the people have all this intellectual space to like worry about things that don't even fucking matter you know right. and it's like that that's the, that's the world we live in we have the same monkey genes and monkey brain but like with less of the challenges you know what I mean yeah it's like yeah, totally it's crazy you know? that's, that's why like now everyone and the other, the other thing about picketing like these people that like Antifa they come out and they like bust heads at like uh, you know whatever like a death in June show or they they protest whoever like, why don't you actually go and do something against someone who's actually leading a philosophical movement instead of, like, an artist who's, like, making music? Well, that's what I find with a lot of organizations like that or just, I don't know, people who fancy themselves protesters or revolutionaries or whatever. They don't, they don't really get to the root fucking do so. It's no different than, like, a straight-edge band... Uh, what you know? I mean, whether it's the '80s or today, screaming fucking straight edge lyrics to 200 kids at a straight edge show. I mean, take your fucking message somewhere where like someone's gonna get something out of it. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing against straight edge. It's, it's if you find a way to live your life, if that's what you choose. But like, you know what I'm saying? Just using that as an example, like these fucking pe- people. You know, the internet, and social media is the worst because people. I mean, you look at some of these people and they, they come off like a fucking prophet, but they, oh, they literally don't do anything. They just repost bullshit on Facebook. Oh, man. Social media. All day. Don't get me started about that shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's, a sli- <laughs> it's an easy road to go down, but like, yeah, I hear you, man. You need to go pick at a Death in June show. I mean, you're, you're fucking accomplishing nothing. No, you're not. You're not. I mean, all that stuff that the bottom line is like people should have the freedom to make their own choices about stuff. I mean, sure. Make make people aware of like, but I'm not even convinced that Douglas Pierce is a, is like a racist or anything like that, or a Nazi. I, I mean, just, what proof? What proof is there of that? Because there's some 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 imagery yeah. people don't like. I mean, does anyone ever accuse Lemmy of being a racist? Not to my knowledge. I mean, me neither. And that no. guy was like a huge yeah, collector of Nazi memorabilia. Like, there's been controversy with him, but not to the level that Douglas Pierce gets it. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, I think that Douglas Pierce is just an old gay guy. He just loves dudes in uniforms. I just think that yeah, he, right. the whole Nazi thing is, like, a f- fetish for him. It's not really, like, you know... I mean, maybe he's got right-wing politics, or he might be a conservatively political guy. Maybe, I don't even know, you know? And the guy skirts all that sort of stuff, like, keeps everything mysterious right, to help right. his, he, like, image. done that for a while. Yeah, forever, you know? Yeah. But I just think that he's, like, an old gay dude that loves young guys with severe haircuts and you know militaristic like fucking uniforms maybe that's maybe that's why they've played New York three times in the last uh, you're right about that man because that looks coming back that looks huge out here man yeah, yeah. it's making a comeback yeah so you know it's like uh, that's my my take on it I don't know I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm not the biggest Death of June fan like I like a lot of their music but it's like you know I, I'm not afraid of fucking going to a show and having some fucking person criticize me or whatever because it's like as far as I know we have freedom of expression in this country and you can listen to whatever you want you know I mean I have like 
Right. Tons of questionable shit in my books and <laughs> record collection. Same, yeah. I mean, if someone wants to judge me on that, it's fine. I, yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't care. The art is art. You know, it's, that's how I feel about it. That's what it's supposed to be. It's, if everything was, you know, if you couldn't fucking. If there was rules to it, it what's the point? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of against the whole freedom, like our constitutional right of freedom of speech, really. Right. Exactly. You, you start putting restrictions on that, where does it end? Like, Well, that's what I mean, man. It's like, even like the freedom, um, like all this like uh, surveillance stuff that's going on, where people are giving away their rights, and they're just like, well, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. Right. But it's like, okay, if you give someone the green light to listen to all your conversations and fucking log all your emails and correspondence, it's like, what happens if like suddenly something that you thought was legal now becomes illegal? You know, <laughs> right? Well, and then it's like in the UFC where all these in the where there's like USADA, like the anti-doping agencies. Yeah, it's like all these guys are getting nabbed for like violations that they're like, well, we're not taking steroids, but it's like all these supplements have like some weird ingredient that doesn't fall in their fucking thing. So now they're getting like you know hit because oh yeah, you took you tested positive for this obscure like ingredient it's something you didn't even know had it in there right, right you know it's not like it's not the battle for shooting steroids and taking HGH anymore it's like the battle of, of obscure ingredients now so that could easily happen with like okay cool I don't like certain things or I'm outspoken about certain things and then in some future once uh, you know once we get shut down and turn into this, you know, complete fascist society, it might be like, oh well, you know, and you no longer, you're, you're not allowed to think that way anymore. So then suddenly you become a criminal, right? And they have all this fucking evidence against you because well, you gave away your right to privacy, right? Well, and it's not a new theory, but uh, or a new idea, but that's right. The media, you know, getting people to fear everything because as soon as you fear something, you're more willing to give up your rights. You know, you you. You put your rights in the rear, your, your, you know, in the rearview mirror, and you're like, you'll do anything to not be fearful of. You know, I feel like they did a lot of 9/11 was like, oh, you know, it's the Patriot Act and all that shit. Like, yeah, totally. I mean, they really, you know, the news they feed you fear every fucking day. Fear this, fear this. Don't do this. <coughs> don't, don't go here. Don't go there. It's fucking, you know. And also, it's just the things that the media decides to cover, like the, well, the things, right. the things that make it on the headlines are like fear. Right. You know, be afraid of Muslims, be afraid of, like, fucking this, and, you know... Yeah, yeah. These guys, the immigrants are coming to take our jobs, and, you know... And I think that's a lot of, you know, not to make this whole political thing, but a lot of what's going on right now with the presidential race, and you know, a lot, you know... Uh, the big juggalo conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally, man. I mean, it's that's like... That's what's going on, though, man. I mean... Yeah, it's like, know. living on the coast, like you were saying before, it's like you live in, in a major city, that like the east coast or the west coast where people have like more um progressive ideas right but that leaves the whole interior of the country yeah, you know? yeah it's and that people just disregard that but i mean yeah it's huge numbers of people yeah, that's where the juggalos came from right <laughs> yeah Ohio, and, then, man. and then like you get you a guy like yeah you see that fuck dude <laughs> then you get a guy like uh like trump who's getting everyone all riled up all these like what right wing yeah. fucking nincompoops you know right. getting them all oh man they're getting all like fucking worked up they're dusting yeah. off their boots yeah and now it's like oh we, can, we finally get to express ourselves now and now, you know now people are going to take us seriously well they're all pissed off about Obama to begin with but they had no recourse and now like they look at this 
fucking melon head Trump as their their recourse. Like, we're gonna get on board with this guy, you know? Because he, like I said before too, he he throws all these little innuendos out there. Yeah, racist, it's like fascist. secret code. It's like well, yeah. secret code for like the real racists to fucking it's catch on, the, on. That you know that uh, Juggalo soda, you know that <laughs> Fago, oh, wow. Fago. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be like underneath the bottle caps, it's like <laughs> Trump slogans, you know, <laughs> secret messages to the armies to like you know get up on the ridge and prepare for battle. So when you know Trump gets elected president, he might actually get assassinated. You know what I mean? Well, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened yet. I, I look at it this way, though. Like, I think most of those wackos are on his fucking side. That's the problem. I was going to bring that up, that I think <laughs> Democrats are fucking... They're too, there's too much pussies to actually assassinate Right, them, you know? right. I mean, you would think there'd be one loose cannon out there somewhere who would uh, slip through the cracks, but... Yeah, it's it's very surreal, man, like that it's, this is even happening. You know, that this guy's one step away. Do you ever see um, Idiocracy? Uh, dude... We're like me? pro wrestlers, the fucking <laughs> it's the same shit. Me, I've been saying that shit for years, but me and you know Jeff Caxide and uh, my, my buddy Phil, we constantly, even before Trump, yeah, it got his whole wagons rolling. Just the world in general, when you look at like pop culture and shit that's on the news and like what music is pop, like yeah, yeah the work. Uh, was that the was that Mike Judge? Mike Judge, yep. That fucking guy. He's a real prophet. He's a visionary, man. Seeing all this shit coming. And it's we it's so funny that you watch that movie and it's so ridiculous, but it's really not. We're we are dude, we're how close are we? There's gotta be some state where you can get a fucking cheeseburger out of a vending machine. Like Oh, that totally exists, man. Yeah. That's well, existed forever. Oh, where I live yeah. in Connecticut. So. No well dude. <laughs> I, a long time ago when I got out of college, I worked for this company called Bechtel, which okay. was like a you know it was the Death Star, basically, working for the Death Star. It like, sounds like a made-up company from, like, a Cronenberg movie. <laughs> they, uh, they're, if you look them up, B-E-C-H-T-E-L, they're, like, a, the world's largest construction engineering company, and they're, like, you know, right, totally Republican, like, fucking Bush, Bush administration, like, that, they're all connected big time with that. They, when all that shit... They go in, they send the army to blow stuff up in the Middle East. They send Bechtel over there oh. to rebuild everything. Oh, and there's what's the other company? Halliburton. Yeah, Halliburton. Yeah, Halliburton used to be called, uh, and someone fact-checked me on this, I think they were called Kellogg, Brown, and Root back in the old days. And then they became Halliburton. Okay. I started my career, my former career as an engineer, which I no longer do. You don't dip your toe in that water? I don't do that anymore, man. Some things I just don't do, you know? <laughs> but that... When I got out of college, I worked in that evil fucking empire for many years, but just as a young kid coming right. out of school. But, um, oh yeah, so anyway, I work, when I was working for Bechtel, I got sent to, like, Central California to work at a Lewis Rich turkey plant. There was, like, some construction project going on there where they were taking out these conveyor belts and reinstalling new shit. So it was, like, some big job that went on. It was a 24-hour operation. I was working... 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., like, out in a, in a trailer in the middle of the desert, like, in Tulare, California, which is, like, in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, the point of this is that the vending machines had fucking cheeseburgers in them. But, well, you know what? Now that I have seen... But, well, in Idiocracy, it's like a... It doesn't come out like a, like a vending machine cheeseburger that we're familiar with. Yeah. It comes out like someone's handing you... A yeah. bag out of a fucking drive. Oh yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, so I guess yeah. I mean, frozen cheeseburgers is not something new. Yeah. But 
on that level. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the other thing in the Idiocracy where he like? Was goes to the hospital or something? Oh yeah, like a debit card. Yep. Or something. And then there's just this probe that they put in your, yeah. your ass or your mouth. <laughs> it's like a diagnostics it's on a, a car. Diagnostics on a car. Yeah. They just like. And then there's like a, a menu of what's wrong with you. You're gonna run the dyno machine on you. Just it. bend over. Like it's only a matter of time. Maybe that's happens. Trump's medical plan. <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised. He's gonna get rid of Obamacare and have a a probe. He's just gonna jam up everyone's Dude, ass. Dude, I just see that guy and I just see fucking ignorance, man. Well, there's nothing else to see. I just keep asking. I see him and I say, why? Like, why did this fucking happen? I mean, every chance a guy gets, he talks about how he wants to fuck his daughter. I mean, this quote is like. I've seen it like this. This like he says that shit all the time, and he's not he has no political experience. I mean, either. those faces he fucking makes that alone. Yeah, scary. No, there's no no there's no no political experience. There's no rhyme or reason, man, at all for any of this shit. It's dude, fucking... Just think, dude. In the primaries, what was there? Sixteen or seventeen other fucking dudes that what? How fucking dumb must those dudes be? They couldn't figure out a way to beat this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he beat, he beat a, like, huge field. Oh, oh, I know. Huge field. Like, the Democrats, what was it, like, three or four people the whole time? Yeah. It was really only Hillary and Bernie. And Bernie yeah. Really. I mean, this guy, he had 16-whatever like, people, and he fucking floor He demolished them. It wasn't even close. Yeah. You want to know the real irony is, like, in, uh, you know, in Idiocracy, the, the pro wrestler um, president, <laughs> right? Yeah. In in today's society, actually, I wouldn't mind having Jesse Ventura as an actual political, I mean, uh, you know, person. You know what I mean? He's a professional wrestler. If I had to pick between him and Donald Trump, I would take Jesse. I mean, I'd, I'd pick, basically pick anybody. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I, would, but I mean, looking at what we're actually left with, you know, yes. I would Jesse Ventura seems like a pretty good idea. <laughs> Maybe you can yeah. write him in. Uh, maybe I maybe I will write him in. <laughs> Jesse Ventura, president. I mean, he's like a, li- a libertarian, you know. He he does have some pretty wacky conspiracy. Oh things, yeah, big so. time, dude. He had a show called Conspiracy. No, there, yeah, yeah. He had a TV. Well, show. I just remember him calling the Howard Stern, and he would have some yeah some pretty wacky. Like he did some shit where like once he would, I think he still lives in Minnesota or he did, but he would like pack up this camper. He would drive due south. Through the Midwest, through Texas, then go into Mexico, and you'd like live in the desert of Mexico in a camper yeah. for like six months out of the year or something like that. I mean, not that sounds that sounds cool. Yeah, actually. not there's anything wrong with that, but uh, he seemed to come a bit unraveled yeah. after <laughs> after the governor thing was over. Like, uh, I mean, I didn't really pay attention to him too much when he was governor. I don't know if he did any wacky shit. I don't know. I, just, I listen to his podcast, and he's, he seemed he's got like sound political ideas as far as like being progressive and. You know, I don't know what it's like too much about it's like foreign policy or anything, but right. I think I'm like this guy used to be a pro wrestler, and the, I would rather have him than fucking Trump. You know what I mean? Well, I'm pretty sure Trump still hasn't conveyed any real idea. No, there's no, you, like, there's no, there's no fucking platform, man. Right? No, yeah, no. And still, people fucking support that guy. There's still people just going to bat for him, man. I have family members that actually support him. So do I. It's fucking scary. That's man. the thing. I know. In my old job, I drove a truck, so I would deal with a lot of you know unsavory characters sure. along the way. Yeah. And uh, dude, they fucking in droves, man. And dro- everywhere I would go, man, yeah. they're out there, dude. And, oh, yeah. You know, I don't live in the Midwest, 
they're out they're out here too like they're they just like how the guy talks or they like that he had a TV show I mean that's how fucking dumb file down people's brains are now in the world like maybe we deserve a guy like that yeah dude that's my the last thing I'll say on him is the only positive that could come is that he'll get into office and the fucking world will just get leveled and destroyed I don't have to think about it anymore. Well, you know, I, I another thing that I meditate on is the, um, you know, you remember like the 2012, uh, you know, Mayan calendar and, you know, the long count with the Mayans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where a lot of people thought it was going to be this like apocalypse was right. going to happen. But there are some people who thought that it was just a changing of like the age, like that we're entering a new age. So maybe, you know, and there are some people who actually are like, yeah. When, when the 2012 thing happened, it actually did start a new age. And maybe Trump's emergence is, like, part of that new age. Maybe, like, you know, the same way, like, uh, you know, the Hindu goddess Kali fucking destroys the old world to make room for the new world. Maybe Trump is, like, an agent of the Hindu goddess Kali, you know? <laughs> and this new fucking realm is going to develop after he, like, completely destroys like the, our country it could be yeah I yeah. mean that's probably best case scenario that would be the best case scenario <laughs> you know it's like there's a lot of shit in media too it's like oh, not, not like news but there's like a, a general feeling in like a lot of like you know Mr. Robot or whatever you ever watch that show no it's I've, I've heard of it. awesome dude is it yeah I can't wait to the game I just finished watching the first season and it's like uh, it has like a fight club vibe where they're trying to like bring down all these, like, you know, financial institutions. Okay. And, like, you know, the debt, everyone's debts are fucking erased and all that shit. Where can I find that show? Um, the... Well, it's on iTunes, if you want to watch TV on iTunes, which is oftentimes how I watch TV shows. Um, it's on that. I'm sure you could go to the uh, USA website. And oh, watch. So it's a USA show? It's a USA show, show okay. yeah. It's fucking great, man. Okay. And, and, I mean, it might even emerge on Netflix at some point. It's probably on one of those streaming services right, somewhere. Right. I have Netflix. But, uh, yeah, it's like, there is, there is like, um, I feel in general, just in, like, the way people are expressing themselves through art and, you know, media like that, that there's, like, we're tired of the old world. Right. So maybe Trump is, like, the period of the sentence, the end of the line for the old world, you know? Because he does represent fucking gluttony, greed, mediocrity, ignorance, bad style, poor health, (laughs) weakness, fucking being overweight, being out of shape. Like, all those fucking things, man. Like, fuck that guy. Maybe that's it. All things he can make a dime off, pretty much. Maybe, like, he is the exclamation point at the end of this final statement of the old world, and that will be the downfall and destruction of the old world. You know? I don't know. <laughs> hey. The apocalypse, man. Hail the apocalypse. I can't see him being anything else other than apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is fun, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming yeah. down. Thanks for having me. had a good time. And, um, you know, if anyone's left out there listening to this, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, Anyone on iTunes, uh, please leave a you know review or 
star ratings, like all that kind of jazz. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Hill HQ. So uh, as far as all these different projects you got going on, is there any ways people can find them on the internet? Uh, yep. Slow Death has a Facebook page. Um, there's also a Slow Death Bandcamp with a couple tracks up there. It's Slow Death Noise. That's the Bandcamp. Uh, Hex Inverter, same thing. Facebook, Bandcamp, Hex Inverter. Uh, yeah. And right now, Empty Flowers and Cable are hibernating, but technically not broken up. So. Uh, well, there you have it, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.